Hello and welcome to Hallway Conversations on Epilepsy.com. My name is Dr. Joe Servan, Editor-in-Chief of Epilepsy.com, and it is a pleasure to have you here today. Today is Tuesday, April 28, 2015, but we're going to be talking about a symposium uh, that occurred back in December 2014. This particular podcast is done as a joint partnership between the Epilepsy Foundation and the American Epilepsy Society. So it's very exciting to be here today uh, to be talking about the recent 2014 Presidential Symposium that had a fairly lengthy title, which was Electrophysiological Biomarkers, Spatial and Temporal Prediction of Epilepsy and Seizures. Joining me today is both a colleague and a friend for many, many years, Dr. Elson So, who's the past president of the American Epilepsy Society. So, Elson, thank you so much for joining me uh, and our listeners to Hallway Conversations today. Thank you, Dr. Shervin, for this privilege to talk about the presidential symposium that occurred last year. So uh, I'm looking it. forward to this. Yes. Well, let, let, so, let's get everyone to kind of uh, situated in terms of uh, knowing uh, your background. Can you tell us about yourself and your role in epilepsy? Yes. I'm a neurologist specializing in epilepsy and related disorders. My practice and research have been for more than 30 years uh, involving patients with medically refractory epilepsy or epilepsy that is not well controlled. As a doctor and researcher at the Mayo Clinic, a major part of my work is writing and teaching about epilepsy and its medical and surgical treatments. I've been fortunate to work with other epilepsy specialists and researchers around the world and with patients and their families in different settings, including with organizations such as the American Epilepsy Society, the Epilepsy Foundation, and our Epilepsy Foundation chapter here in Minnesota. Fantastic. That that helps us a lot. And and obviously you've been you just recently finished uh, your term as the uh, American Epilepsy Society president, correct? And that is correct. Yes. Thank you. Uh, and so we're we're delighted to to kind of be talking about the presidential symposium, and and I was wondering if you could kind of share with the audience what that presidential symposium covered, and why you picked that topic. Yes, the presidential symposium, which was conducted in Seattle last December, was actually the culmination of about a year and a half years of effort in organizing and conducting two international competitions in two important areas, one in detecting seizures and the other in predicting seizures. Both competitions were for developing computational solutions, or you can say software, for detecting and for predicting seizure occurrence. Now, why is that important? Well, a hallmark feature of epileptic seizures is their usually unpredictable time of occurrence. And some people say that seizures occur randomly. For many patients, that is indeed true. So if we are able to detect seizures accurately, we can have a better idea of how many seizures a person really is having. We would be able to have an accurate seizure count. As you know, it's very important to know that the person is doing well 
with seizures or that the person may be experiencing symptoms due to unrecognized seizures. Therefore, the ability to detect seizure occurrences very accurately is, is very important for us to take care of our patients and for patients to take care of themselves. The other thing is if we are able to detect seizures accurately, we're able to perhaps treat the seizures promptly. So this is the reason why we think that the issue of detecting seizures is very important to our care of patients with epilepsy. Now, as for predicting seizures, accurate prediction of seizures is also very important because if we can predict seizures accurately, we can let that be a caution or warning to the patient so that the patient can adjust her or his activities for that particular day. You see, at the current time, and and this is important, patients should continue to take their medication, seizure medicines, but patients are taking their seizure medicines every day to prevent even one seizure from occurring. Maybe we can come up with a solution, hopefully to supplement, to aid the medications, and maybe one day to take the place of medications for some patients where the treatment is given only because we have a way of predicting when seizures are going to occur and we can therapeutically intervene very effectively in the future. So seizure prediction is very important for the safety of the patient. It's also important as a paradigm for treatment for us to continue to do research and develop future therapies. There are other motives for the two competitions. The two competitions served as a campaign to raise awareness of the need for advanced methods for stopping seizures from occurring in a person. Mm -hmm. We need people to know what's happening in epilepsy and what we need to do for people with epilepsy. The other motive is that the competitions took advantage of the modern digital age and environment to help research in epilepsy. Is that is that so? That was the primary reason of why the competition model was used. It was just kind of to take advantage of this other approach. Yes. So, what happened is that um, I thought about how to bring a particular need uh, to the public, and uh, with the help of um, people like Brian Litt, who helped me come up with the idea. Uh, perhaps I should tell some experiences. Uh, over the history uh, that we have gained. In the early sure. 1700s, as you know, the United Kingdom had the Longitude Prize. In those days, there were already seafarers who were able to navigate around the world. But to know where the longitude is was very difficult, was unknown. It was okay to, uh, there, there was the ability to determine the latitude. So United Kingdom put out the Longitude Prize for people to determine how to know where the longitude is. And it was a successful competition. This was the 1700s. Now, we all know that Charles Lindbergh successfully crossed the Atlantic Ocean in, I think, 1927. And that was a result of the Arctic Prize. The Arctic Prize was offered by 
Raymond Ortig, who is a successful hotel owner in New York City, and he offered $25,000 for the first man who could successfully cross the Atlantic. And this was soon after flight was made possible by the Wright brothers, of course. And we know a few people actually tried and failed with fatal consequences. But the Ortig Prize was so important to humanity, to advancement of science, and I never knew until years ago when I saw a black-and-white film that showed Charles Lindbergh landing in an airport airfield close to Paris. And I was very surprised there were thousands, you're not talking about hundreds, but thousands of people who ran up to the plane to greet him because it was a big event. So more recently, NASA put up the Competition for Predicting Solar Particle Event, SPE, or solar flares, and the reason is because we all know solar flares can interrupt power grids. And again, it was a very successful competition gaining solutions uh, and improvement to the prediction of solar particle events. So this is what gave us some idea perhaps to uh, reach out to the great minds out there to widen the field of researchers and to spur the epilepsy research on. Uh, that's fantastic. I, th- I love the history uh, piece of it. That's uh, wonderful in terms of, uh, of really applying it to something more novel and new. Can, what were the results of these two competitions? Yes. So the competition was set up uh, by having seizure data that were recorded in dogs. As you know, dogs naturally have epilepsy too, like human beings. Mm-hmm. And also another set of seizure data recorded from patients here in the Mayo Clinic with epilepsy. The data were put on the cloud for the competitors to access and work on. The competition was for the person to come up, uh, all teams to come up with the best detector and the best separate competitions predictor of seizure occurrence. We were fortunate to have the American Epilepsy Society and then the National Institute of uh, Neurological Disease and Stroke, NIH, mm-hmm. Epilepsy Foundation, University of Pennsylvania, Mayo Clinic, and also the organizing the, the unit, uh, the, the entity that organized the competition, Kaggle, which is a very well-known uh, entity, also helped us out uh, with their generous, generous uh, contribution to make this possible. The prize for seizure detection was $8,000, and for seizure prediction was $25,000. But we all know to the participants, though, the money is secondary. The new ethos of bright minds out there is to help, is to be intellectually curious, uh, to be challenged. So uh, we, I think, had a very good uh, uh, outcome uh, with uh, either competition. Uh, Elson, what like you know as as you uh, as you look back on it, uh, like it, it, you know we'll have lots of listeners here who are, are who are you know very curious about you know especially the fact seizure prediction, seizure detection. What main point do you hope after having done this symposium, this competition, this really groundbreaking uh, uh, conference? Uh, what main points do you hope that our listener, who may be someone at home with seizures, is left with with regards to you know what happened here and, and what the next steps are likely to be? 
Yes, and and thank you, uh, Dr. Shervin. So. Uh, let me demonstrate one of the two or three main points by relating to you the quote-unquote results of the two competitions. Okay. For the seizure detection competition, I was very surprised, totally unexpected for me, that 241 contestants participated around the world. Wow. There were 4,000-some wow. entries, and but in terms of the number of people who participated, there were 240 some. Wow! And we we had finalists, and I would like to acknowledge the finalists. Mm-hmm. Uh, I use the term finalists because the winners are actually the patients, to me. <laughs> so the finalists first, I would like to mention Michael Hills of Australia. He was mm-hmm. not a researcher in epilepsy. He was in an independent software consultant. The second finalist is Eben Olson in New York and Damian Mingle in Tennessee. The third finalist for seizure detection is Ishan Talukdar, Nathan Moore, Alex Sood of Berkeley, California. They were postdocs in physics, wonderful, great minds. For seizure prediction, the price was $25,000. There was, there were 654 entries, participants. Amazing. And yeah. we have a lot of, uh, in fact, uh, uh, submissions. And Again, the finalists were unexpectedly uh, QMSD, QMSDP, uh, a company that makes video games in, uh, in, in, in Australia, in Sunnyvale, uh, California, I should say. And uh, the, the team actually consisted of people who have never met each other, but who in the beginning and towards the middle of the competition decided to get together and form a team because mm-hmm. they saw each other's sort of uh, uh, work and knew that the people uh, were trying to come up with uh, the best solution. And so this team was born out of the competition. Drew Abbott, Phil Atkins of California, Ming Chen, uh, Simone Bossart, uh, Quang Tien you know, in, in Australia, in uh, California, Australia. And, and the second finalist is Jalun He, uh, Boston, medical device company uh, uh, worker. And the third is actually from Cardinal Herrera University in uh, Valencia, Spain, a team consisting of Francisco Zamora Martinez, Francisco Mm -hmm. Amaras, and Juan Pardo. So it was truly an international competition, totally surprising to to a lot of us in terms of uh, the number of participants and uh, the way that they are able to come together and, uh, and, and, and try to come up with best solutions. Uh, it's so amazing. So that that is huge, and I, I see your point why the the hope for the patients with epilepsy when you have that many people working on two huge problems. Uh, Elson, we're we're getting in our last uh, you know minute or or so, and you know what what take home message would you like to make sure the audience is left with? Based on you know all this wonderful work, uh, this competition. What, what's what's the the big take home messages in your mind? Yes, and I would like to say to the researchers and clinicians out there, even if you have never worked in the area of epilepsy, such as many of the people who participated in the two competitions, epilepsy is a medical condition that needs your help. 
Intellectually speaking, epilepsy is a fascinating medical condition that is very amenable to advanced solutions such as computational formulas, engineering designs, and device development. And because one of the essential features of epileptic seizures is abnormal electrical discharges in the brain cells. So not only that, the 21st century environment of the cloud and, of course, the Internet, which has been around for 15, 20 years, really make it possible for great minds to work as a team to come up with solutions to medical problems, even if they have never met each other before. So I'd like to invite students, researchers, and anyone who is intellectually curious to learn more about epilepsy and to consider doing work in the field of epilepsy. I would like epilepsy patients and their families and friends to know that there are great possibilities for scientific advancements and for the way researchers collaborate with each other around the world to eventually improve the lives of people with epilepsy. I can't ask for a better uh, way to kind of close. Uh, Elson, I, I want to thank you so much for taking time of your very busy day to tell us about this this wonderful symposium, the competitions. And, and I know to all of our listeners out there, we ha will have content, uh, including links to the actual presidential symposium, uh, linked to this podcast as part of our joint uh, partnership between Epilepsy Foundation and the American Epilepsy Society. So I want to thank you so much for giving me your time today and to, on behalf of all of our listeners for uh, coming on and talking about that symposium. Thank you for the privilege, Joe. Uh, it's always a pleasure. To everyone out there, I want to uh, be able to, to thank uh, all of our listeners, uh, thank uh, uh, our, uh, all, everyone out at both the Epilepsy Foundation and the American Epilepsy Society. And I hope that you will join us again for a future podcast of Hallway Conversations on Epilepsy.com. This is Dr. Joe Servan, Editor-in-Chief of Epilepsy.com. I hope you have a great rest of your day.